Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 17. I'm ASD. I'm Rob. And it's, it's quite, the others aren't here. Uh, Jack's Hill, so get work, get better Jack. Chris has a prior engagement. Uh, Charles might join at some point, so the gang is around. But the, um, it's been quite a nice few days to get over the City result. Um, I mean, we were caught in a few hours after the Man United game away at the Emirates and we've seen City score a hat-trick. So it's, we've had a bit of time to calm down. People are a bit miserable, but what did you think of the City game, just quickly? Uh, I thought it was very predictable, to be honest. Um, uh, I didn't think we deserved to be tuning up at half-time when we went tuning up. I thought that our... Um, start was exactly the same as it had been in previous games very slow and um ponderous and i thought they were lucky to be turning up um i thought it was interesting after the city game the interview actually that guardiola did which i thought was a great interview and if any of your listeners haven't seen it i encourage them to go and find it and he was talking about fire in the belly he was saying that if they you know, what they've done in the past means nothing. And if they want anything, they've got to have fire in the belly. And he went on, you know, there was more about, you know, the fans and all of that stuff. And that really rang with me. I'm like, that's it. That literally is what's missing from our team at the moment. It's the same players, it's the same manager, the same tactics. And we can discuss that. There's no fire in the belly. There's no drive. There's no ambition. There's no fire in that team in the, you know, 15, 16 lads that are going out there every week and that's down to the manager of course but it's also down to them and I thought that second half performance um particularly the first 20 minutes of second half I know it was against City I know it's really good I know I know they're really good but honestly I thought it's I thought it was a disgrace I really did just no fight at all so yeah I was pretty pretty down about it really yeah I've got the quotes here and it's really interesting he calls out the fans he says our fans were silent for 45 minutes I want my fans back I want my fans that are here, not the away fans, because they're the best, but my fans to support every corner and every action because because Tottenham are one of the toughest opponents I've ever faced. Uh, <laughs> they booed because we're losing, but the second half we played good. We had more chances. Maybe it's the same with our team. Maybe we're so comfortable within four titles in five years. Um, there is nothing from the stomach, from the guts, and we were lucky. But if we don't change, we will drop points. Uh, I see Giles has joined. I think he's driving, so he's on mute. So we'll, we might hear from him. But so what I've been doing this week is going on YouTube and watching some of the all or nothing clips. Mm. And Mourinho says exactly the same stuff that we've been saying. And he, he it, it, it's like we haven't moved on in years and years and years. Um, and it, do we just need to refresh that team? It's like, was it Chiellini who said that um, it's Tottenham? They've got no history of making it was a cheat yeah it was Chiellini in that interview do you remember when um Juve beat us in the Champions League at our place afterwards he was interviewed and he said you know it's basically lads it's Tottenham they've got a history of doing this yeah and what what is it that we need to do is it the players because there's so many little things here there's individual errors we've had a lot of individual errors this year um I mean you go back, City, there were two, right? There was a Lare- two Lloris errors and Lenglet was an error. Arsenal, Lloris error. Dyer had been an error. Man United, Liverpool, Brentford, Newcastle, there was a Lloris error. And it just means our last 10 results, we've been pretty poor. We've lost six, one, two, drawn one. It's pretty poor. Well, I think you'd say that the kind of core nucleus of the team 
you know, the spine of the team, the kind of Kane, Son, Dyer, Lloris, um, and and uh, and since Mourinho's time, Hoiberg. That's been that's been pretty consistent, and they've got form. I mean, they they basically, you know, didn't turn up for the last three months of Pochettino's reign. I know Hoiberg wasn't there then, but they basically didn't turn up for the last three months of his reign. We didn't win away for 11 months at the end of Pochettino's reign. Um, Pochettino got sacked. Then Mourinho turned up. Everyone got excited. Players started playing really well. Went on a little run for that season. Made a cup final. But that the last four or five months of his reign, but, you know, again, not turning up. No fire in the belly. Not delivering him on match days. He leaves. Then Nuno turns up. You know, disastrous appointment. None of us could believe that he came. So they threw him under the bus, obviously. And you could argue quite rightly so, but anyway, whatever. Again, didn't turn up, no fire in the belly. Conti turns up, start really well, and they're finishing exactly the same way that they finished under Pochettino, and they're fit, they're finishing in the same way that they did under Mourinho as well. So obviously the the right the writing's on the wall. Conti talks a lot about experienced players, doesn't he? He talks a lot about wanting experienced players to, you know, obviously help him get success quicker, clearly, but mm. Players that are stable can, you know, <clears throat> work things out on the pitch, make it happen. And these are not inexperienced players. They might not be good enough players, but they're not inexperienced players. You know, the keepers had two World Cup finals, won one of them. Most of those, mo- most of them have played in, played football at the highest level. You know, you can't tell me that they can't work out that the first 10 minutes of the second half against Man City, probably the best team in the, in the world, maybe other than Arsenal at the moment, that they've got to dig in deep and, you know, link arms and not let them pass, basically, no matter what. And yet they just they just rolled over, didn't they? So, you know, I, I, I'm sure we're going to get in to talk about more about the team, talk about the manager, talk about the club. I think there's, there's massive failings happening all over the place. But, you know, it's a really long answer to your first question about, about, about the City game. I just think those players need to realise that they're playing for one of the biggest clubs in Europe and you know it might not we might not make top four this year but they are playing for one of the biggest clubs in Europe and there's just no pride in any of their performances and if they don't want to be there they should you know can just leave can't they mm-hmm. yeah I mean one of the quotes that, he, he, that Mourinho had I've, I forgot how likable he comes across in that documentary but he mm. talks about the difference between playing and basically fighting He's talking about an FA Cup game that was coming up and how they were going to be there to be aggressive and to be quick and we had to go and there's that famous you know, for 90 minutes, you cannot be nice. For 90 minutes, we have to be a bunch of see you next Tuesdays. Yeah. But intelligence, see you next Tuesdays, not stupid ones. Bastards yeah. in the sense you're there to win matches. And it doesn't feel that way that they would do anything and everything. Yeah, anytime you hear Gary Neville talk, he always talks about, I didn't have the talent, but I would give everything and anything to do that. And I'm not sure how many of those players are doing that. Hoiberg is definitely one. Like, you have a look at that goal he scored away. Uh, against Marseille, was it? Where he just couldn't walk. Might have been Gerard against West Ham in the cup final in 2006. You know, he just couldn't walk, but he devoted everything he could to make it better for Tottenham. I just don't see that from the players. And it, it, and you said something earlier in the week when we were chatting about something else about how it, it is Conte, it's not Conte out. Conte out isn't the solution because it can't be that Pochettino was wrong and Mourinho was wrong and Conte was wrong. It can't be that. There's got to be something else. And maybe it's a mixture of lots of little things which will slowly get better because there's a lot of players who've just been there too long. Like, who's challenging Dyer? 
really. Mm. Not enough. In the, on the pitch, who's letting Dyer get away with those performances? And David, so you talk about Heiberg. I agree with you about Heiberg. You get the feeling he'd run, run, run through brick walls yeah. if they were 30 feet high. And not everybody in a in a team can be like that, but they've all but they've all got to have that inner passion. But at the same time, on the pitch, he's quite passive, you know. I mean, you know, would, would a Gerard or would a uh, a Keane or would a Vieira or you know would they allow their teams to play like that? And they, I don't, you know, they obviously all those, you know, I, they just wouldn't. And so Kane, England captain. 30 years old, record goal scorer for Tottenham. What more experience could he possibly have other than lifting a trophy? Passive in the game. I, I, I go to the games, you know, he, he's good at applauding on the halfway line when we've just conceded the goal. But, you know, he's he's meant to be the leader in that team. I don't really want to criticise Kane because he's almost uncriticisable, isn't he? I mean, he, you know, well, he's not really got too much left to prove. But at the same time, it is players like Kane, like Hoiberg, actually like Dyer, like Sun, who are the most experienced players, international players in that team, that should not be allowing those performances to happen. When they cross the white line, you know, it is up to them. And uh, I, I, I think these performances have been going on for ages. And um, it was interesting on Friday night. I don't know if you noticed about the Paratici announcement where it's really unclear, isn't it, about kind of what the consequences are yeah. of 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 that um, ban that he seems to have been given in, in Italy. Yeah. But the Paratici-Conte situation is intrinsically linked. And, you know, Conte clearly is only at the club because Paratici is at the club. Mm. The transfers that he wants to do are, are clearly transfers that he... And, Paratici have at least discussed anyway and it really in the autumn didn't it there was started to be rumours coming out about the fact that this investigation maybe might be a problem yeah yeah and and clearly that investigation is a problem we now know it's a problem and it was around that time if I actually think back to it that because we started the season quite well that those that our tepid performances started to happen and I, I've I've almost had a light go on where it's like they obviously realised perhaps that this was going to happen. Conte mm-hmm. therefore realised Paratici at, not at the club. It's not for me. I don't want to be here either. So he's backed off. The players are backed off. And the whole thing just seems to, to be kind of in a bit of a cycle, really, until I'm guessing the summer when there's going to be another massive changing of the guard. You know? Yeah. Again, Mourinho, do you remember that there was that bit in the All or Nothing where he talks about his dog, his dog dying, and he said, I'm fucked, I'm absolutely fucked, and he, he talks about it, and that was just his dog, I mean, obviously his dog was important, but Conte's lost uh, the fitness, his right-hand man in the fitness, which is, would have massively impacted him, Piali, and there was another teammate, so we lost three people, so there's there's a humanity area, which we can't go amiss, which he just, just seems to have lost that spark, and you can't just lose that drive, but you're right. The the this thing about who's letting these performances happen and he's doing it. Ben Davis is letting it happen because I've yeah. been thinking about Ben Beck recently because he's only 29. I always think he's 33 because he just he just looks. It feels like an older player, but he's 29. He's been a brilliant professional for us, really. Probably our best central defender outside our main ones, whether it be Toby or Jan or Romero. Um, but he shouldn't be letting this happen. And. It's, you, you just got to go through it individually. Like Hugo's, his time 
is up now, right? I mean, the amount of errors. I mean, that was his first own goal for us, which is which. It feels amazing considering the narrative, but he's got to be sunlighted now, sunsetted. But the the thing is, it's what you were saying last week, is that this should have been in the plan for a long time. And now we're in a position where we've got to replace some first-teamers because you wouldn't blame Kane for getting two more goals, getting the record, then going to Man United so he can get Yeah, no. I'd be amazed if Kane was there next, next, next season. Or son. You know, his dad going, look, 30 now. One big contract left. Go buy Munich. Go Real Madrid. Go to somewhere. Just, just get the get get the deal done. Win something. Win some money. You know. And but there should have been a plan for that originally. Um, and there just doesn't seem to be a plan. And the other bit that's really annoying me is if we want Porro, go get him. He's got a release clause. You can do it today. And it's the same with Trossard. If we wanted him, his agents come out and said we we're in contact with him for two weeks. And then Arsenal went in and. Um, 24 hours later, the deal was done. They just wanted him. They paid it. In that deal, I think, wasn't it? We were offering 12. They just went 27 and they got him. You know, it, this isn't difficult. I don't I mean, think you can. It's it's so difficult to know. It's I mean, it's so easy to talk about these things and just go down sort of massive speculation rabbit hole. So, which, which, by the way, um, you know, uh, um, alert! I'm about to go down a massive speculation <laughs> rabbit hole. But I, I, I'd be, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they don't buy anyone in January. You know, because if they if they think that they they're up for another changing of the guard in terms of the football, the who who run the football side of the club on off the pitch and on the pitch. So if Paratici is going to have to leave the club, if if that I mean if 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 UEFA and FIFA extend his ban, we don't know yet if yeah. they are going to extend his ban. But if they do extend his ban, you 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 assume that he doesn't have a role there anymore. Or it becomes pretty untenable for him, but I guess we have to wait and see. But if if he is about to leave the club, I, I'm I would be pretty surprised if Conte didn't follow him. And so why would they therefore go and spend fifty million euros, whatever it is, on what you know? He looks like a really good fullback, but he's a he's a wing back. What if the next manager wants to play a straight back four and three in midfield? You know what? They suddenly going to go and find another fifty million euros. They're left with a player then that, that, that they don't want. I, f- I I feel a bit. I mean, you got to be careful saying this stuff out loud for fear of being lynched publicly. But I feel a bit sorry. I feel a bit sorry for Spurs and Enoch and Levy a bit. You know, because if you think about it, I I don't think if they're getting slated, particularly if you read Twitter. I'm trying hard not to read Twitter too mm. much, but they're getting absolutely slated. I don't think this is an unambitious. I don't think Levy is unambitious for Tottenham. I think he's really ambitious for Tottenham, actually. I just think that he's he's just not a football bloke, is he? He's, he you know, he's, he's, he's really that doesn't want to put the, the club in a perilous financial position. And I think he should be applauded for that. They've done they have transformed that club in the last 10 years, utterly transformed it from where it was when Sugar was there. Mm-hmm. And they have appointed Conte, Paratici. I mean, that should have been a recipe for success. It should have been. Uh, Mourinho, before that, you know, he's he's won major cups and competitions or titles everywhere he's been. They've invested in the, in the squad, not as many as other teams, but they're not the, the lowest investing uh, club in their squad, all while either opening or building a massive stadium, the best stadium in the country. 
and they just can't seem to catch a break. And this latest stuff with Paratici and Conti, like, you know, I, 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 I feel for him a little bit. I feel for him a little bit because the, the fans are demanding instant success. The fans are demanding that they go and drop massive amounts of money in transfer windows to to reschedule, to, to, to revitalise the team. But they can't. If they're going to change their manager in the summer, they can't do that. I mean, they can't. It'd be crazy. So I feel I do. I feel I, I, I feel for him. That being said, you're right about, you know, the signings in the summer were on, on the one hand really good, but they weren't Conte signings. You know, he's, he wants experienced players to come and help him win this year. They brought Richarlison, who's I mean, he's, he's, he's he looks a really decent player, doesn't he? But he's, he's young, 25, never played at the highest level in this country. Uh, although he's got Premier League experience. Romero not been here before, 50 million. He's only 24, looks a really good player. Basuma doesn't look fit or wasn't fit at the beginning and doesn't look right in a two. He looks much better in a three. So he's being played out of position. He's only 25. Then they've got a Dogie who's 19 and mm. isn't there yet. They've got Spence who's 21 and can't get a game because he's, he's not defensively strong enough. The only player really that they bought for Conti was Perisic, who's 33 on a free. And then the keeper situation, which is ludicrous, they did nothing about, and they brought Foster in, who's 34, and you know he, he doesn't, you know, I wouldn't drop Luis to play him, that's for sure. As bad a form as Luis is in, so they haven't given the manager any of the tools that he asked for at all, um, and so they are definitely culpable for some of the issues that are going on this season, uh, and they really need. I think we talked about this last week. The board, the the management staff the on-field management team and the players all need to be aligned in a singular strategy about what they're doing. Is it, you know, a young team? Is it an experienced team like that? It, it all needs to be aligned at the moment. It's completely disjointed. Um, and at the end of the day, Enoch and Levy and the board, they are responsible for that confusion. But I do feel a bit sorry for him about the Paratici Conti thing, because what more could they do, you know? Yeah. Is it, I you're right, aren't you? The it's it's a difficult one to pull apart. The, apart from that, it it would it could easily be solved with a bit of transparency, wouldn't it? Like I know Levy hates doing interviews. Maybe it's not Levy. Maybe it is Paratici because he used to do those weekly or monthly updates, didn't he? He used to do those weekly or monthly uh, interviews on the club website just to talk about where they're going, what they're doing. They were quite PR and edited, but they at least gave you the feeling of some connection. There's just no feeling of connection at all. And you're right, like it is, you go, people are enoch out. It sounds from the stadium and everyone saying who goes to the games, they're all in support of Conte. It's all enoch out. But what's that going to solve? Because if we if we sell them, it's going to probably be Qatari money. Then we've got that dilemma. If you have a look at what they've done for the club, really, they've made a lot of money for themselves. They've also put us into the top 10 highest, most valuable clubs in the world, which we really, really weren't when they took over. So they they see it as a success. And I guess in their eyes, they're going, well, if we have to invest big, then it's a really risky business to make us marginally better. Really, if we can make top four with what we've got, why would we spend 80 million on someone? Because we could end up getting in Dombele again. Or what's this fella? The, um, what's the name of the one who's at Arsenal? The one they spent all 80 million on? Anyway, uh, the one who never plays. Anyway, um, and 
it, it just bit of transparency that is needed here. Yeah, but they, but they Pepe Pepe is the one. I'm oh thinking. yeah, Pepe. Yeah, well they don't need him, do they? Unfortunately, at the moment they 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 look pretty phenomenal this afternoon. One of my one of my good mates is a really a really deep rooted Arsenal fan. It's really hard to be angry with them at the moment. Anyway, I um <clears throat> let's not talk about them. I I com- I completely agree with you, and they are going to have to come out and say yeah. and and say and say something. But there, it's a mess for them. It's so it's 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 a real mess, and part of that mess is of their own doing. The squad, the changes needed in the squad. I mean, they're gonna. I'm, I, you know, it's hard to see Kane signing a new contract at the end of the season, particularly if they don't make top four. Which so means Kane, they'll be sold, right? We so Kane, Kane will need to be sold. Yeah. Because they're gonna need to spend if they're gonna get unless they're going to play Richarlison up there. But even if they are going to do that, they're going to need to backfill that 10 hole. Mm. So they're going to need to spend probably about 100 million quid-ish. So they're going to need to sell Kane in order to do that. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> and, and so there are there are players in that squad that, that need to be turned over. They should have had a plan for it. They haven't had a plan for it. The keeper situation is just one of those. Also, the centre-back situation, they should have been buying Christian Romero's for the last three windows and loaning them, blooding them, whatever, and they haven't done any of that. They've got Lengley on loan, who basically was walked out of Barcelona because his form went down the toilet over 18 months, and he's neatly continued that that decline since arriving in, in North London. So the signings have been have been largely poor, not all of them, but largely poor. And or, or, or rather, when I say poor, I mean, they haven't landed, they haven't worked at the moment. And at the end of the day, that is the board, that is the recruitment team, that's, you know, player people signing off on the on these players. Um, but the situation with Paratici and, and, and now the manager, I don't think two years ago they could have foreseen. No, 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 no. And yeah, just like we got lucky really under Pochettino with how good Harry Kane got, how good Delhi was, mm. how they all worked well with Ericsson. I know the manager had something to do with that, but they, we've had our luck. It is unfortunate. And it, it, in the context of, you know, City just going out and buying Ireland and Chelsea going out and buying everybody and Arsenal doing really, really well. So that there's context that's driving this as well. There's a, just a bit that the fans are missing where they're just directing their anger anyway because they just want to feel something that isn't despondency and disappointment and regret really isn't it it's just a bit like we need just to sort it out a little bit it's just they just need they just need to it'd be great we've got Fulham tomorrow who we should be yeah I think I I have to say I think they'll win tomorrow but they have to go out and just be uber professional and then just, just be in. I think that AC Milan game that's coming up, those AC Milan games are going to be massive for us, really, because that is, if we're out of that, we've got the FA Cup coming up, which we should get through. But if we're out of that, then with that gone and the league gone, it's going to get quite dark, I think. Preston in a week after the next City game, yeah. whatever, and then we're into February, which is West Ham, Chelsea, Wolves, Milan, which is going to be pretty tricky. I mean, if we think that Conte is leaving at the end of the year, right? Let's just assume that that's happening yeah. at the moment. Should he should he stay? He's basically a caretaker manager. So should they, you know, get another caretaker manager for six months, or go and find the manager to step in halfway through the season again? Which, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously I don't I'm don't work in football. I don't know much about football other than watching it 
for 30 years. Mm. Any, any Anybody that works in football, when they seem to land at a club halfway through the season, always say it's a nightmare to land halfway through the season. <laughs> so, so should the caretaker manager be Conte or should they say, do you know what? If you don't want to stay, if it's not worth then go now. Get it. If you can't motivate the players, if you're going to be negative in all the press conferences about the, you know, the club, but not the team, go. Get out. Like you're being paid a lot of money. Just get out of our club and put Mason and Edley King in charge of it. I don't know. We'll Mason, go and do yeah. it until 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 the end of the year. Or do you think what what um, caretaker manager, which effectively is what Conte is. What better one could they have than Conte to the end of the year? He's, you know, he's on a performance bonus anyway. Probably leave him there and deal with it in the summer. That's it. And then they don't want to pay him out, right? Him and his, like you said, his ten staff. So that yeah. that's just not going to happen. Like Levy would never go right. We're out of top four. Realistically, we're not going to make it. Mm. What's the? We're not going to go down. So what's the damage that can be done? I know it's like a, a, a million pounds per spot extra. The furthest you go up, but yeah, I can't see him because it will cost them more to pay him out. I'm sure. Yeah, so you'd, leave, you'd, you'd leave him there. You think he should? Yeah, start. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But what, what, what's the other option? Then you've got to get someone else new in, unless you get and get Pochettino and give him like a few months to. I don't even know. I don't even know. It has to be in. It has to be Conte because it it will look awful for the board if they've got. Pochettino and they fired him. They fired Mourinho, spent ages before they got Nuno, fired Nuno, brought in Conte, didn't back him and fired him because they didn't back him. It's almost like admitting that they've done the wrong thing as well. And it, how far can they take that? Yeah, I agree. I think I I personally think unless it just becomes untenable, you know, the press conferences are just <clears throat> getting worse and worse and worse. The players are pulling further and further and further away from him. And actually it looks like we might, you know, make eighth, ninth, tenth, or, you know, just be the season just disappears. Uh then I'm I I think he should I think he should stay. He's got to sort it out. At the end, I I am certain he's on uh uh final, you know, most of these managers are on league placement bonuses, aren't they? So I'm sure with with you know the rumoured size of Conte's remuneration at Tottenham, it's in his interests to finish the season as strongly as it possibly can even if he's going to be there next year yeah um it does look not. miserable doesn't he it, it does look like something's going on it doesn't look like he cares as much as he, he did and and you know what you're right about you know you, you cannot possibly begin to imagine how difficult a situation it must be for him and no amount of money that you could could ever earn can can possibly balance the fact that you know he's lost three really close friends this year isn't he he was obviously really close to all, all three of those all three of those guys and not not just Ben Troni but Viali and, and Mihalovic as well so that that must be really 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 hard for him added to that and probably even greater than that is his family haven't come with him have they to London his family still live in Italy his wife is his wife and daughter are still in Italy um, and Mourinho had this at Man United didn't he he lived in the Lowry for two years and, what a miserable existence! I mean, t- I mean, you know, it's all right the Lowry, but I don't know if I want to live there for two years. Um, so it, 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 that always had a temporary feel to it, didn't it? The fact that he was in there, and that's why I'm certain, you know, players 
back out, back back away from managers really quickly, didn't they? Once they get a sniff that they're not staying around, and the fact that his wife and daughter never came to London with him, never gave it a, an air of permanency, did it mm-hmm. really? So, so you know, I, I think that his personal losses this year are huge and seem to be affecting him as they would affect anybody. He's he's yeah. separated and he's a workaholic, so he's separated from his from his family, which is a choice that he made and he's well compensated, but obviously that has a shelf life. So it must be really hard for him. Mm. But at the same time, um, he's paid an awful lot of money to win football matches and motivate a group of 15 blokes to win football matches. And they are a, a really, I, I, I think they're a pretty decent squad. They could be a lot better, but they are not the worst squad in the league. And our form at the moment, if you look at the goals that we're conceding, if we started next season in that form, we'd be in a relegation fight, no question. Um, So um, that is just unacceptable. That is unacceptable. That's the thing that makes me feel quite, well, have a bit of positivity because you go, Lloris, he is is constantly making these errors, but actually they, I mean, they can't continue to be as bad as this because you don't just go from being in a World Cup final captaining a team in the World Cup final, almost winning it to being awful, like the worst keeper in the league. So maybe they've just we've just been unlucky with those. You go Conte, whatever happens, he maybe just tries just to try something else. Go four four two, four two three one, just try something different and suddenly it turns around. But suddenly we get Kudashevsky Bentakor back. So I can't think we can underestimate how big a loss both of those were to us. Absolutely huge. And and Richarlison's meant to be a, a bit of a relief for Kane, a bit of a challenge for Kane. He hasn't been fit the whole season really. He's scored what three or four goals for us. He scored two in the Champions League, one in the league. Like it's it just hasn't had enough time. Once that all starts happening, then suddenly we're defending from the front or we've got far more press at the front. There's far less pressure on the back and it all just starts to shift that momentum. He gets a bit of energy back because he's got a few of the tools back. So I think there is positivity. Everybody is culpable, I think, in the, like you've, you've pointed out. And there's bigger things which are going to happen and we don't know what they are. But I think there's space for positivity. Um, this is what we sign up for, isn't it? This this is just what it's like being a Tottenham fan. I can't think of, you know, we have, remember the days under... AVB, they were pretty miserable. They were just one plan. Some of the players were awful. We were winning games 1-0 or drawing. And it was the same conversation then. Like, what are they doing? What's the plan? And then it was miserable. He was miserable. Get out then. No, it's just it's just what being a Tottenham fan is. Um, I've got... So we've talked about this Maldini versus Rodon game. So what, what it is, I've got... I've, I'm going to give you a pair of players. And you just have to tell me which one you ha- you have in. And it's a bit like, it's not which one you think is the best. You know, it's that feeling thing. It's which one is the player you're having. All right. So I've highlighted one. If you agree with me, you get a point. If you don't, you don't get a point. Jack and Chris did this exact list. Uh, they got seven points out of 11. So, I mean, they know me better than you. So that, that, that might play into it. But so if I give you Modric or Drogba, which one are you have in? Modric. Uh, uh, real Ronaldo. <laughs> what game? Real Ronaldo or Cristiano? Say that again. The real Ronaldo, El Phenomeno. CR9 or CR7? Yeah. Seven. 
went nine. I went nine. Ron, uh, Ronaldinho or Ryan Giggs? You can make a case if you if you want. So I'm sure that you would have gone for Ryan Giggs, but I'll go for Ronaldinho because I think it's just the right decision. And the Ronaldo thing, I can't let that pass because that's the difference between probably the greatest centre forwards of all time and and probably one of the top three great players ever. Ronaldo at his peak. What are you doing there? Well, because Ronaldo, real Ronaldo, CR9, changed games, destroyed teams. Cristiano has just been the front piece of a great team and has been a selfish centre forward. He didn't <laughs> that that's my thing about it. and apart from the personal stuff about him, yeah, yeah. CR9 made you love football. CR seven made you love him. And it oh, I, I can't have him. I can't have him. Chocolate. Chocolado. All right. All right. All right. Um Rooney or Henri? Henri. Really? When uh Henri. you're two two out of four so long, far. Long answer. Yeah. <laughs> We have fights on this. Yeah. Um, Suarez or Kaka? Oh, that's it's a good tough, one. Tough, isn't it? That's a good one. Uh, Kaka. I went Suarez, but it, I could be. It was. It's. It's paper thin between them. I love watching Kaka play. It was so elegant that night. Where he, was he playing for? Milan when they destroyed United when he went through. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember. Defenders and made him fall over. He was just so. He was. He just. You talk about making you love football. He just made, he made, made you get up off your seat, didn't he? he really Suarez, Suarez was one of the most driven uh, footballers I've, I've ever... He just, you know, he would literally... I'm not, he just would refuse to lose. And I think it says a lot that Messi wanted to play with him so badly, didn't he? It was the beginning of the end for Messi at Barcelona, all that, notwithstanding his tax affairs, of course. But it was... Um, but Kaka was, you know... He, he, he made the... You, you could hear the seats clink when, when he was playing. You, people were getting up. You know. I think you want to convince me. Uh, Xavi or Iniesta? Iniesta. Yeah, I think so. But it feels unfair to Xavi, doesn't it? It does, but that's like, um, you know, that's like skulls and anyone else in it, really. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, Iniesta is not, it's not right to say that Iniesta's underrated, because he isn't underrated, is he? But he's not talked about in as a truly as like a real goat, is he? In Iniesta, but I I I I I think he was. And Scotty, was there a thing with where he went to this Japanese club? What was it? Vissel Kobe, and part of his um, contract was about bringing his wine to. Japan. I, I'll have to Google it, but I'm pretty sure he, a big part of that was selling his wine. Uh, all right, uh, Zidane or Messi? Messi. When you're doing well, you're on five. Oh, come on. I'm doing all right. Four left. Uh, Crouch or Heskey? <laughs> Different vibes. <laughs> Crouchy. He's got to be Crouchy. He's got to be Crouchy. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I listen crouchy. to audiobooks. Um, as I go to sleep, I've been doing it ever since I was about eight, and I can't yeah. not I can't sleep without listening to an audiobook now. And I'm listening yeah. to his How to Be a Footballer again, and it's I mean it's sending me to sleep every night, but it's it's great, it's really good. I uh, think he's I, I think he's a proper legend, Crouch. He's brilliant, massively underrated as well. And he was massively underrated. He had great his close control, great touch, Crouch. Great touch. That volley great he touch. scored for Stoke against City, one of my old volleys. Yeah, in my yeah. thing. I great, love it. great goal. And there, there's a 
story where I think he says he could see in Van der Bart's eyes when when they started to play together when he just clicked that he was going to get Van der Bart lots and lots and lots of goals. Wait, what's your what were your feelings on Van der Vaart? I really liked Van der Vaart. I, I I thought he really made him tick. He was class. Um, and it was if only he'd have had knee cartilage, we'd yeah. have really we'd have really seen something of him. But then as um, I think my dad used to say at the time, if he had knee cartilage, he wouldn't have been at Spurs, which yeah. is probably which is probably which is probably fair. Um, we should never talk about other podcasts, right? Because this is the only football podcast that anybody one, yeah. should, should should be listening to. But in the highly unlikely event anyone ever wants to listen to another one, uh, the uh, the Peter Crouch podcast, uh, there's an episode that was just for Christmas where Jermaine Defoe was on it. It's uh, it's epic, honestly. The two of them. Uh, you you want to know what it's like to play centre forward for a Premier League club? Just listen to that. It's absolutely brilliant. And Crouch is a prop, prop, proper legend. I need to I need to listen because you told me about them before. Because do they talk yeah. about the nine one, the Wigan nine one? They because... do, yeah. And and I can't remember exactly the way. And you know, but I can't remember exactly what was uh, what, what what was said in it were for word. But base, basically, Defoe, um, <laughs> he wouldn't let he wouldn't let Crouchy have a goal even though That's he's bang. He, he wouldn't let him have one. He, oh. he was like, come on, Jermaine, I can have just one. Just like, he wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't let him have one. Just, absolute ruthless. But yeah, a couple of legends there, but Crouchy, brilliant. Love Crouchy. Anyway, don't uh, listen to that. Or you've listened to this one. You've got three more, and you only need one to draw. Uh, oh. Friedel or Reina? As in Pepe Reina. I mean, if you're being unbiased, you've got, it's got to be Reina, isn't it? Yeah, I do, yeah. Love Friedel, though. Love the Yeah. Just really solid, wasn't he? Reliable. Absolutely solid. Like the opposite end um, to Gomez, wasn't he? Unpredictable to re- predictable, which was nice. He did have the worst distribution with his feet of any goalkeeper I've ever seen in my life, though. It, it was one of those ones you were surprised a player didn't take it for him, like <laughs> the olden days, you know? The old days, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carragher or Milner? Milner. Yeah, all right. You've got your eight. And the final one we always used to, it used to be Maldini or um, Rodon, uh, but Rodon went out on loan, so we moved it to Maldini or Romero. <laughs> no, I, I, Romero is one of the reasons why I might renew my season ticket. Yeah. Um, but Maldini is, um, he was on another level, wasn't he? So uh, Romero, I can't pick Romero because it's only been a good season, so it's got to be Maldini. Fine, not, the answer is Romero, but you, you are still, you still won <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, what's Fulham's form like? Fulham, so they lost to Newcastle recently. Um, but people, they were away at Newcastle. Beat Chelsea two one few last Thursday, so that's a that's quite a big deal. We beat foot, they beat um, Hull, Leicester, Southampton. They're actually on a massively good winning run. Fulham. They they gave Newcastle a really good game, didn't they? I know they lost it that is. game, but they should have really got a point out of that game. And um, they've um, they're scoring goals. Is it? Um, um, Mitrovic is up front, isn't he? And he's fit. He looks really fit. Looks really fired up. So that's going to be an interesting tussle between him and Romero, um, for sure. But hopefully Romero manages to get hold of him. I thought Romero actually had a pretty good game against City. He was, thank goodness. Um, I think Tottenham have got to win that game. I, I don't think it's not just about kind of, you know, 
their aspirations for top six or top five or whatever. I I don't. I th- I think there's repercussions at losing at Craven Cottage tomorrow. Actually, they really. Are. I think there are. Yeah, I I think they have to because they've then got City. They've then they're then away in the cup, aren't they? And then they've got City again. Is that right? Let me have a look. <clears throat> I'm um, sure that I'm sure that's right. And then and then it's West Ham fairly soon after that. I think. Chelsea, yeah, Friday the third of February, and then Forest. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, they, 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 they. I don't, I don't think they can lose tomorrow. I think there's consequences to losing, which is. They'll go know, above us if if we lose. We, I, I, it's relegation for me. I thought you cannot concede two goals a game. We, if we're doing that in September, we were in a relegation battle, which is unthinkable. Um, and I'm sure it won't be happening in September. And I'm not. I'm certainly not saying that that's what's going to happen to us. No. Um, but none of that will be solved by spending money or anything like that. West Ham are only just beginning. I mean, they won at the weekend. They've spent more money than us in the last three seasons. Um, it's not about money. It's about, you know, if, if Tottenham have got fire in the belly, their squad is more than good enough to make top five. So yeah. they've got to decide what they want to do, really. Yeah, I think we'll win. I think mm. we'll win. I mean, we're one of the top 10 biggest teams in the world. We've got to beat Fulham. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, mate. It's uh, it's always good chatting. I think I, I'm sort of on the edge of being quite positive, but then when the matches happen, I feel a bit negative. So it's a it's a tricky one being a Spurs fan at the moment, and mainly because of all the noise. I think staying off Twitter is a really good thing to do as a Spurs fan right now. It's, uh, um, I mean, you know, there was uh, there's there's been so much that's happened at the club over the last few years that it's uh, you know this is this is just one of those one one of those things. I saw this fantastic uh, tweet at the weekend um, that said twenty reasons why Tottenham is better than is 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 better and more fun than your club. I don't know if you saw this, mate. No. So go on. Um, if you'll indulge me, it might take a couple of minutes, but I'll read it out. It's just yeah, yeah, fun, 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 fun thing to end on. This is why Tottenham's better than any other club in ranking order. One, Lasagna Gate. Two, Paratici now going to prison whilst employed by Tottenham, allegedly. Three, Mourinho losing a 2 0 lead to a manager that actually was in prison. Four, Chelsea win the Champions League in 2012 and deny us Champions League football. <laughs> Five, Sissoko handballing in the Champions League final, which meant that seven days later, the rule around what a handball was actually changed. Six, Rule Fox at Les Ferdinand got stuck in the toilets at St. James's Park and couldn't play. <laughs> seven, Tim Sherwood gets his own <laughs> level. Eight, going the entire 2018 transfer window, tra- tra- transfer window in the summer, not signing anyone the whole season. Nine, sacking Martin Yo at halftime. <laughs> Ten, five-one loss to Newcastle. Eleven, the West Ham 3-3 game and we were 3-0 up. 12, losing 4-3 to Man City. 5, losing 5-3 to Man United. And those games, I'm sure your listeners remember those. 14, going 70 days without a manager and then settling on Nuno Espirito Santo. 15, the pitch invaders during the... Do you remember? I was at this game. The pitch invaders during the Europa League game who were basically just selling headphones. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great. 16, Romero and Lo Celso got arrested halfway through the game for COVID breaches. 
17, <laughs> the Dulux dog mugging us off on their sponsorship once we yeah. once we appointed reader. 18, Eric Dyer running into the stands to have a fight yeah. with the supporter. 19, Rivaldo rejected us after courting him for the entire summer, but he sent a nice letter, so that was good <laughs> of him. 20, Carlo Cudicini came off his bike and broke both wrists. 21, Steve Malbronk was out injured for three months after getting his penis enlarged. <laughs> <laughs> 22 failures to finish ground alterations in time for the start. This was the East Stand before your time, yeah. mate. Before the start of the season in 1988, and our first game was postponed for three hours because we couldn't get the health and safety signed off. 20 reasons, 22 reasons why Tottenham will send you to an early grave, and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, yeah, there's, that is brilliant. It's it's funny now some of those things. <laughs> Because I mean, yeah. there's so I mean, I mean, it just goes Soldado. Soldado was hilarious for, for the same reason. Oh God! Only at Spurs. That is that is lighting my mood. Still the best club in the world, though. Oh God, yeah. But I, I sent some of the videos. Uh, just if you just put Pochettino Spurs into YouTube and just watch some compilations, it's it's great. And then you go. There was a point you when we were on the pod where we beat City one nil away, I think it was. Um, and the Mourinho, I genuinely thought we 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 were going to go the whole season unbeaten and win the league because it looked like we were just going to never concede a goal and uh, just somehow make it make it through with three points from every game. Yeah, it's it is great being a Spurs fan sometimes, and that there is a level of envy I feel from a lot of the uh, rival clubs around us. But hey, have you seen the um that lot have? up the new things around the Emirates you know they used yeah. to have the, the, the one, artwork the artwork so they moved it from being the players uh with their arms around each other to now so, so for listeners who don't know when you go to the I go on the train past the Emirates to get to work and um around the huge posters uh around the um stadium huge with and for years it's been like their legendary players like standing in line with their arms sort of around each other now they've replaced it and one of them is welcome to north london which they it's, it's easy and poor form i think it's just it's a bit naff isn't it they just bit naff bit naff yeah bit who wants to win the league anyway come on yeah uh, <laughs> yeah with young players a bit, of, a, bit of, a bit of talent and a young yeah. fan dude passionate yeah. but hey um that's it really. Um, mate, thank you for your time. Oh, the one thing I wanted to talk about quickly was fullbacks because mm. Reg- Region and Carl Walker Peters can't be worse than what we've had for the last for years, right? So I don't know what the plan is to keep on moving players on and bring. But if we'd had Carl Walker Peters for the last three, four years, he'd be doing a great job for us now. I'm 100% sure of it. We wouldn't have the problems that we've had in Oria. And Doherty and uh, Royale now. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand what the problem with Reggie was. Uh, Reggie was either. I just it's odd decisions. Playing fullback in that in in a I mean, it's not really about three. It's about five, isn't it? Though. Yeah. It, I think it's so it's so difficult because they they've got to firstly be unbelievably fit. Up and down, yeah. up, up, up and down the line. Secondly, one of them at least has got to tuck into the midfield, and that's one of the problems at the moment that neither of them are capable of doing that. And so, therefore, the midfield every week. I mean, no wonder Hoiberg has had enough. You know, it's just been overrun every week. There's nothing he can do about it. So 
they're not capable of doing that. And then thirdly, they've got to be in the right place um, in the final third to put in an unbelievable cross while their lungs are bursting. It's a really, really hard role mm. in, a, in, a, in, in a Conte team and maybe almost an, you know, an impossible uh, role at the moment because they're being, fig- they're being figured out, aren't they? Teams, it's, it's not because they refuse to change their shape. It just seems to me that teams have just figured them out. So, yeah, I mean, they could look at Walker Peters. They could, I think Regulon was, you know, so quick, wasn't he? And he was brilliant going forward. But I thought he was, I personally almost thought Regulon was brilliant in the middle of the park when he was bursting forward. But he was nowhere near good enough in in the defensive line. And he was nowhere near good enough up front either. He couldn't cross the ball and he couldn't defend. But he looked really great when he was bobbing forward, you know, really, 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 really quick. So they need to go and figure it. But before they do, they've got to decide whether they're going to be a a back three, back five, back four. You know, I, I would... Yeah, I'd love to see him sign some players to really help him push on in for the rest of this season. I really would. But if that means that they've then got a new manager in the summer and they haven't got the funds available to get the player that the new manager needs because they were under pressure to buy a player now for a manager that wasn't going to be there, then, you know, as hard as that is, I think that they, sh- they shouldn't do that. You know, let's just get the season over with and go try again. But you can bank the cane money, right? So you can, and if you just go and buy a player who fits, who is good enough to fit any system, because you could argue Benteker could fit most systems, right? Deep two, deep three, middle four, whatever it is. Someone like Ericsson, God, we miss Ericsson. Like he can fit mm. anywhere. You know, th- those players can fit in in any manager, and any good manager should be able to work with what you've got anyway, especially if it's a good player. So. Getting a fullback because if you have a look at Liverpool, Liverpool best team in the world two seasons ago. They had two fullbacks who, you know, Trent maybe can't defend as well, and Robertson can't attack as well. But they didn't have to because the the whole team worked with them. You know, Liverpool was so dominant and so aggressive that they didn't that Trent wasn't as exposed as Royale gets because they're not so deep, so it doesn't matter as much. So you don't have to. What the way we're playing, we need the perfect fullback who can do do every third. You could be at the back, in the middle, and up the front really, really well. It's like Perisic in the World Cup looks really good because he played as an attacking left player. Yeah. He, he can't be a full-back as well. He was massively exposed against City, wasn't he? I mean, I, I reckon yeah. I could have done a better job playing yeah, full-back. Yeah. You know, um, I played, used to play right back back in the day, and that day was a long time ago. But even I probably would have done, would have, would have put my foot in a little bit harder than he, and then. Yeah. Than, than he did. The other thing, they're going to be rebuilding their team the same time as other people are going to be rebuilding their team. So Liverpool are clearly going to be rebuilding in the summer, aren't they? They're, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> with a new manager as well. Maybe with a new manager. They, they seem to be at the end of a cycle, at least in their team, or maybe all of them. Chelsea is just hoovering up anybody that's under the age of 24 and changing the market as a result of that. I mean, what what they played, that that new guy, although he did look okay. quite good yesterday. But Modric, yeah, Arsenal were offering him 35 grand a week and suddenly he's landed at Chelsea on 120 grand a week. So they're completely changing changing the landscape of what young players are going to be going for and they're going to continue to, to do that. Arsenal are going to build their team. Man United are in the process of a rebuild. Yeah. So we're going to be doing Newcastle. it. At the, Newcastle are adding to their team. So we're not going to be the only ones doing it. Other people are going to be doing it. So it, it really is a time for, and we've said it a few times, but they've got to decide what they want to be, both mm-hmm. to, both in terms of their sporting ambition, but.
but also just what do they want to be? Are they an events business or are they going to try and win the league? And, yeah, yeah. you know, but let's, let's see. I, I feel like I want to get the season over with, don't you? I'm not, I've had enough yeah, already. Just that, get, get it over with. That is too common of the last few seasons now. Mm. Like, I remember that last season of White Hart Lane and I really miss White Hart Lane. Just loving every game like never wanting it to end like that feeling of going to the ground where you you knew you weren't going to be beaten and the energy was there and ah, oh, it was fantastic the noise of the crowd all of that stuff the, the bit that's, that no one's talking about in this Mudrick deal and i know some people have talked about it, how 20 million of it is going to the ukraine war defense fund mm. which is literally a blood money payment from all the bad that chelsea have done I, and they're going to go and play in the, in the donbass region uh, region when they can it's shameless. It's, it's yeah, yeah. disgusting what they've it's, done. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. And not only that, but they still sing about Abramovich in the stands, as I understand it. A couple of my friends, the Chelsea supporters, still love Abramovich. And um, and yet, you know, they're sending money to the Ukraine. And, you know, what, what they've done, what, what the people that own that club and run that club have done over the last five years, I really can't understand why anybody that was worried about that would want to go there, except, of course, that they're paying him 100 and and 20 grand a week but all of that all of that money all of that structure of how they're structuring those deals i don't get it financial fair play anyone like what, what i don't know what that means yeah i don't get financial it. fair play no one i don't know they said uh, at time at the liverpool chelsea game they had to the tannoy announced the to the crowd that they should not be and not use um homophobic chants yeah which it says a lot about the state of football at the moment, but it it does. This, yeah. yeah. Sorry, it went off. It always happens. This you sort of finish, and then it it just goes off off a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's time to end. Thank you, mate. It's been the hours blown by, but uh, thank you for your time. One of these days, that. one of these will be less ranty. And the problem when you're ranting is you start off talking about one thing and then you end up talking about three other things before you finish, don't you? That's yeah. that's the problem. But it's because you care about it. But I'm sure, you know, that, you know, we'll, we'll if we win our next two games, you know, suddenly we'll be like, oh, they're sorted. It's all fine. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that is exactly it. Yeah. And we can win our next two games. Um, we, Fulham we, and Preston, I think. Fulham and Preston. We better have win our next two games. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, you know, otherwise Daniel Levy better not try and put my season ticket up in April like he did last year they can't they have to freeze the prices Christ, imagine. Um, of course they're going to put the prices up they haven't gone up since they moved in have they I don't think no I don't think so no, no. I, think, I think they're going up I'm so annoyed because so. like I, I had to and I had to give them up because I thought I was moving to China and I didn't so uh, that's annoying anyway 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 uh, mate thank you um Thanks for listening, and don't forget, web happens, the future's bright, the future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised, until today, just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net. 
The beating of the trap and the picking of the lock. The swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.